I'm Dr. Teresa Phillips, um, CEO and co-founder of Be a Hero to a Hero. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Robert Phillips, a retired Air Force veteran of 30 years. And uh, uh, I'm, a, like I said, a co-creator and co-CEO, uh, if you want to call it that. Yeah, we're both co-CEOs. We're, uh, we're like... A, we're, we're like Be a Hero to a Hero. Yeah, we're joined <laughs> at the flag. I mean... <laughs> Our flag is joined as one. <laughs> so what inspired both of you to create the organization? Well, for me, it was, I was in the military. I know how, uh, and I was deployed quite a bit. Um, I was all over the world. Um, and I started going to uh, homes and seeing people. And I just kind of asked, you know, who, who is, who's been visited here? I actually started going to Heinz. So I went to uh, the paraplegic wing at Heinz and uh, started visiting just veterans going up to, you know, they would let me in. I'd go talk, talk to them. And uh, I find out, you know, uh, uh, find out a lot of them didn't, maybe didn't have any family, have any, any visitors. I found out, you know, I talked to people from World War II all the way up to the, the current conflicts. And uh, uh, it kind of inspired me. And, and I was, uh, um, I was like, you know, what can I do for these veterans? Cause Heinz is an hour from our house. And uh, I figured, well, you know what, maybe, we have we should be able to do something here locally so uh we started uh Teresa actually came up with the idea of come well why don't we uh go to some of the local homes and there's some conflicts at first when we first got in there because there's some misunderstandings about to the previous organizations that were in there and uh so they're really kind of skeptical because they didn't want us to sell them anything nothing like that and that wasn't our goal at all and so we uh uh I started building relationships with the the facilities and the and the uh, um, what do they call it the uh, um, entertainment folks the ones that create the no, no it's they, not that I forget what it's called anyway activities and directors activities directors and then then we started at a couple homes and going to the veterans individually we found some couples that were in the same homes we got evening and first year we only had what fifteen we did sixteen no. We had 28 stockings the very first year. And what had happened is that he saw somebody bring a stocking to someone, to a veteran at the, just somebody at the hospital at Heinz. And obviously it must've been a veteran. And he said he was so moved by that. And so I mentioned it because I'm also a pastor of Praise Ministries International Church here in St. Charles, Illinois. And I mentioned it to our congregation. Hey, why don't we put some stockings together? Be, and do an outreach, you know, for the holidays. And it started out with 28 stockings. And this last Christmas was 1,600 stockings to, to veterans locally. We were in 35 different facilities. And we did, I think, over 30 door drops of medically. These are all medically confined veterans. People don't get out of their houses, you know. The ones you don't really think about so much because you don't see them, right? They're not in the home. Uh, um, being being a veteran, I'm able to get to find out where people are at, you know, where they live, and uh, um, so we'd go and drop stockings off, even to the the widows of the the veterans as well. Yes, yeah, some of them, some of those widows, they were vet. Some of them are veterans, and what had happened is that when we found out that they were widows, they were becoming shut ins, and they weren't getting 
anything anywhere. They many of them their their children had rejected them for whatever reason, especially during COVID. Nobody saw anybody. So and they were very lonely. So what we did is we put the we put the stockings on the doorknobs and we rang the doorbell and they, you know, one man stuck his nose out, you know, and then he backed off. And the next thing you know, we get a little wave from a window. (laughs) But to us, it was a matter of just letting these people know that are neglected and rejected in society. And the, we went to hospitals. I mean, we've been in hospitals nursing homes, assisted living veterans homes and homeless shelters and indigent women that are on the run with their children, they get stockings as well. And we have a lady in our uh, part, we call them team hero. Um, We have a lady that has a contact with an organization that protects the women on the run and the children. So that's a secret drop off. And, you know, we don't know who they are or where they're going. Neither does she. All she knows is that there's a contact point and that she has to do a drop off there. And then there are several homeless shelters and we have taken the heart to our heart, the veterans that are homeless and in, we, we give them stockings. And the, what goes in the stockings are socks. They get two pairs of socks and T-shirts, toiletries, which is very, very important because they don't get a chance to do it. Everything is all travel size. And they get a beanie baby. And now people are like, what the heck is this about a beanie baby? <laughs> well, in many of the facilities, especially in assisted living, many of them have like a small refrigerator or a microwave in their room. Well, a beanie baby can go in the freezer and be used as an ice pack and it can go in the microwave and be used as a heating pad. But only the tie ones. Yeah. It's only the beanie babies. It has to be the original. Yeah. The light beans in them. The new ones have the styrofoam in it. So that's no good. That would work. Or or the plastic. Yeah. Can you imagine that in the microwave styrofoam? (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't work. So what had happened is that I got on Facebook and I said, hey, we're looking for beanie babies. We had them shipped in all the way from Texas, California, and Canada because the people locally didn't understand at first what we were doing. And most of our that what we got from the stock for the stockings came from people out of state. Then a couple of years later, now the local community is now pouring out. We're part of the uh, St. Charles, Illinois Chamber. We are, you know, reaching out to our local businesses and we have had wonderful response. And each person that receive, you know, that receive, that we receive something from, they get a little uh, certificate back saying, I'm part of Team Hero, you know, and this is what we do. It's it's just a real honor to give back. So uh, I talk to a lot of veterans and the number one thing that comes to mind for them is the challenges of the transition back to civilian life. So for both of you, how was that transition uh, back to civilian life? Well, actually, uh, I married uh, Teresa after I got out of the military. I was out for a few years when I got out of active duty. So it actually wasn't all that pleasant because when I first got out, I kind of did 
uh, I didn't, I had some bad interviews. Um, I wasn't prepared when I got out of the military because they didn't give us any kind of briefing. Now that's a lot of that stuff's changed. Yeah, I had okay. a two week out processing thing where they basically took your security clearance, made sure all your paperwork was updated. You went to your doctor appointment to, you know, for your exit physical. And that was pretty much it. They didn't teach you nothing. They, they didn't, they didn't introduce you. They just said, okay, have, you know, where are you moving to? And then they packed everything up and, and, uh, until you found a facility or, or, cause I, if I lived on base, we, so I actually, it was a little bit rough. Uh, I lived in a couple of different places. Uh, I lived in, uh, um, Wisconsin at first, uh, I moved from Nebraska because I was stationed in Offutt. And then I moved to uh, Wisconsin because I have a sister up there for a little while. And then I met Teresa and I moved to Illinois. But other than the first few months, like six months or so, um, and I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm still learning. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that uh, the Lord gave me, Teresa to help me kind of get me focused on doing like job interviews and stuff because I, I really had no clue. I've been in the same mode for actively for 22 years and in, in the reserves for uh, eight years. So, you know, I had a different way of thinking and it's a whole total different uh, transition. Yeah. It was really hard because I remember not long after we were married, um, I'd get up in the morning and he'd be sitting on the couch and I'm like, why are you sitting here? I'm a real active person. I get up and my feet hit the ground running every day. And he says, I was waiting. And I said, what are you waiting for? He goes, I don't know. Well, then it dawned on me he was waiting for orders. You see, they did they there there was no acclimation, so I had to help him realize, hey, you don't have to wait for orders. You can hit the run the ground running. You can run out into the garden and you can go check on your flowers. You can go do this. You, you can go to the store. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to sit here and wait for someone to hand you a piece of paper or look it up or however it is that the order would come that day. You don't have to do that. And that took a while for him to realize that he was free from that because that was a habit. That was what he did is he got up every day, he dressed and knew what his orders were and he had to wait and get going. And that was the only thing that that was hard on us. And the fact that he had, Many times he, you know, because he was at there, he was there on 9-11 with the president. He worked with um, Air Force One. He was part of the crew, maintenance crew. And, you know, he would see something on 9-11 in the middle of the night, he'd be screaming. And I'd roll over and I'd actually slap his arm and go, hey, you're home now. You don't have to worry about that. And he'd snap right out of it. And I've been very blessed by that. But what we have seen when we deliver stockings, because we don't just drop them off and leave because we're both ordained ministers. The facilities have given us the carte blanche to go in and pray if they if they want, if they want it, if they don't want it. That's fine. But we always ask, can we have a word of prayer? Many of these PTSD veterans that we have um, gone in and visited have had great, great um, response to our team. And I'll give you a little testimony about the gentleman. We walked into a room in a facility and we had the stocking in our hand. And this is what the stocking looks like, ladies and gentlemen. It, look, it looks like it's really kind of tiny. that. And um, it was this gentleman right here. 
we went in to pray for this gentleman and we got we got to the room to give him the stocking and there were several nurses in there and they said he's passing away. And I said, well, we're ministers. Can we come in and pray for him? Uh, absolutely. Because there had been nobody there to see him. And we went in there and we prayed and we left the team outside. The two of us went in. And because I've been a minister for 35 years, I knew what to do in that aspect. And I said, just kind of follow along here. And I went in, put my hand on the gentleman. I began to pray and I whispered to Robert. I said, we need to sing a song. Yeah. <laughs> and we began to sing Amazing Grace. And I said to the, um, the team that was outside the door, I said, we're going to sing another song. And we sang Silent Night. And when we sang Silent Night, he opened his eyes and grabbed the stocking. There he is holding the stocking. This is a man who was on his deathbed. They told us he was not going to make it. He was perishing within the next few minutes. Well, he didn't die. He started singing along. He started singing <laughs> along with us. But see, it, see, that's the thing. Well, that's what the, the touch yeah. does. Yeah, see... When we went back to the original question, you said, what inspired us, me, really, us to right. be, be heroes? We know there was people that don't get visited. Okay. We just know that. And uh, so the whole idea was if it was just the one time a year, because that's how we were able to do it at the time. Uh, at least they got that personal contact one time a year, knowing that someone there really cared for them. You know, that's why we would sing a song. We usually go with the team. And uh, um, it's called Team Hero. Yeah. So, and, and that's what it was. When this guy started singing a, a silent night, it was actually pretty amazing. So it was actually miraculous. Yeah. The lady, the nurses in there said, what is going on here? And his vitals were normal. We gave him stockings for the next couple of years. I don't know. I, I think he, I think he has passed away because he was a world war II veteran. I think he has passed away since then, but he didn't die. And why didn't he die? Because someone took the time to love him and to care for him. And who doesn't love Silent Night? <laughs> who doesn't of that era understand the song Amazing Grace? I mean, they hear it at bagpipes all the time. And yeah. so when you use the tools you know you have and you go with the love in your heart because you know these people feel unloved. Remember the man at the one home? Imagino. No, it wasn't at Mantino. It was at another facility down, the one down from the church. He has a shelf full of the Beanie Babies. And he met us outside the door of his room. He says, I've been waiting for the stocking. Yeah, every year. <laughs> and we are the only visitors he gets in the year. And he, he has, you know, I have a picture on the website of BeAHerotoAHero.com. There's a picture of him holding the Beanie Baby. These are his friends <laughs> because he has no visitors. And people don't understand how lonely and broken some of these guys are. And especially, and I just want to be frank with you, the Vietnam vets, I don't want anything. I don't deserve anything. And we say, yes, you do. Welcome home, veteran. Because when you tell them welcome home, that is when they wake up and they say, I want to talk to you. 
as ministers and creating the nonprofit, how important is it to have a tool like empathy? Oh, <laughs> when you when you have someone who's been in the military 30 years and you we do take some of our veteran friends will go with us because they have that camaraderie many people that have not served in the military do not know how to talk to these people so the people don't talk to them they just say thank you and move on but when you take people in and you say where did you serve what campaign were you in oh i was there i knew this i knew that you begin to find the camaraderie and when that camaraderie begins to open up they begin to talk and i tell you i wish i mean we have been allowed many times to take pictures but i do wish we were allowed to record some of their stories because they're absolutely amazing i'm going to tell on the one lady she joined world war ii as a nurse as a nurse because she wanted to date a soldier <laughs> And she ended up being a mechanic and a nurse. And she said, oh, I met many soldiers and it was the time of my life. And so everybody has a different story. And that story is so important. And that's why when you talk about empathy, you begin to feel the response. You begin to feel their heart. And one, there's a big vein throughout all of it. They love their nation and they would go back and do it yep. again. Yep. Absolutely. When actually in empathy too, uh, one of the, the things I had with a veteran too at Heinz actually, and his wife was sitting there, he started telling me his whole stuff, stuff she'd been married 50 years, she never even heard before. Yeah. By just sitting down, starting a conversation out, there are veterans that I, I visit, they're, they're my friends that don't talk about it at all. Yeah. Um, Little, little bits, piece of information come out, um, uh, what they want to tell you, of course, and what and it, it's just like building a relationship with them. And, and uh, so I do I do work with a lot of people that don't want to be part of uh, organizations and stuff like that, which is fine. And uh, that's part of the reason of being a hero, be a hero to a hero too, to reach those that are not. I mean, when you were talking about transition for me too, if it wasn't for a, a man named Andy Surratt that, that introduced me to the American Legion, uh, way uh, twelve years ago, no, it's more than or, that. Or, or more now, um, I would not even know because when I did my out processing, they didn't give us any of those briefings about the American Legion, VFW, none of that stuff. They weren't able to do it because there's that transition between they had to let everybody in and their, and their brother come in to let the military organizations come in, and uh, um, they weren't ready to do that at that time. Now I don't know if they do now or not. Uh, they got a lot better transition. Uh, uh, programs. And uh, so I think it's important too, if there's someone out there kind of curious about, go join one of your veterans organizations. Yes. Or at least because you know what, it, it, there is a camaraderie. It's important that they join an organization like that. Yeah, it really is because they find men and women, you know, I mean, a lot of women have not joined, but they are starting to, they find men and women that they can talk to, that they can right off to, the bat. right off the bat. And I want to show you a couple other pictures. Um, this here's this is just some of the pictures. And we have a lot of them on our site, beaherotohero.com. And we have teams that come in and help us 
fill the bins. Each bin is sanitized and each bin is numbered with how many stockings is going in that the name of the facility that it's going to. Now, some of the facilities, we still are not allowed to visit the people. If they have one person in the facility that has a cold or COVID, nobody's in. They, they seal it up. But we have had opportunities to go in and visit some of the some of the people that are in there. And it has been tremendous. And we are starting to get phone calls from other facilities that said, hey, I've got 10 veterans. Can you help us out? Because every facility we went to, except the military facilities, all said they never heard anyone come in to help their veterans. That when we came in, we were the first ones to say, we're here primarily for the veterans. They could have 400 people in their homeless or their 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 facility, but we would get 75 veterans. And they were like, wow, you're the veteran people. You're <laughs> the ones that are coming in with the stockings. We have a lady on our team that's the secretary, and she starts calling in October. And they said, there's the stocking lady. This is how many veterans we have. <laughs> and now they're like, they welcome us with open arms because nobody had reached out prior, prior to when we started this. No one had reached out to just totally you know, select the veteran. How does it feel for both of you uh when you see someone receive their uh when a vet when you see a veteran receive their stocking oh <laughs> it's wonderful here's a picture of a gentleman in his wheelchair getting a stocking right here they're so happy he, you walk out of the facility saying wow that was wonderful yeah some, something really simple something with, really simple as a simple stocking. stuff in there because again, it's that empathy. That's that actually caring. Someone thought about you. Point that uh, that is important. It, it, yeah, it's a it's a, a joyful feeling. That's why we keep doing it. Yeah, believe me, we're tired by the end of the year. Oh we, my gosh, we do a Christmas couple, Day's tiring. We do a couple <laughs> other events now during the holidays during the, the year now too. We don't get to as many facilities as actually do on Christmas, right? Because right. our teams our teams limited, so we only get so much. So, so many, but our funds are limited too. I mean, yeah. we only have so much and, um, you know, we take, we, we are just now starting to take donations already for this year. I, the other morning I woke up and there was a bag on the front porch of beanie babies. And I was so excited. Beanie babies. We got beanie babies. Cause whenever somebody comes in with beanie babies, there's a big, yay. Everybody applauds because they're so <laughs> hard to come by, yeah. but it, it's such a joy to give to those that have been neglected and rejected and are so happy to have a visitor. They're so happy. And now our American Legion, they now have a team from the American Legion. Since we started this, they are now visiting um, veterans at facilities and, on a regular the, how, basis. Helping them get their, their veteran yeah. benefits they may not have known about. Yeah. Oh, they're wow. awesome. And they're, they're actually going to uh, four or five facilities now on and we're a regular very, basis. We're very excited about that because they have been the American Legion, the VFW, and the AM Vets, and the Auxiliary have been our primary financial helpers for Be a Hero to a Hero. We've had very little financial help anywhere else, and everything else comes out of Rob's in my pocket. Well, or the team. The team will say, hey, you know, I've got an extra 50 bucks. Let me give it to you. Um, you know, do that. 
and we get all the t-shirts. We make sure everything is sanitized. Everything is clean. The teams are sanitized. They, you know, we stop every 15, 20 minutes and you re-sanitize your hands. And this wasn't because of COVID. This is something we did because before these are people that are in hospital type situations and you don't want any kind of bacteria. And they, when they come in to fill stockings, they have to fill out a whole harmless agreement. They have to give us their name, address, phone number. They have to tell us if they've been sick. They have to sanitize their hands before they even walk into the area to fill the stockings because and we dismantle our entire sanctuary of our church is dismantled for five weeks in order to fill the stockings and so when we have church they're having church sitting on a bin sitting around a bin (laughs) because this this is all we have you know and People go, I can't believe this is going on in this little church, but th- this group and it five, um, we have our own 501c3 under the Independent Assemblies of God International as a ministry outreach. It is separate from the church, and but it is housed at the church because we have no other place to house it. Yeah. With... Uh both of you working together on the nonprofit, what have you learned from each other? <laughs> well, um, actually, it, it, I think it's been a good complimental thing for the both of us because, uh, um, well, we, uh, we've learned how to, uh, we actually do communicate very well together. She does most of the work, believe me. I, I, handle, I, I, I do collections. I help put things together, help go to the facilities. Uh, but she's the main person that makes sure that, Everything is set up when we got for the stocking put together. Uh, we got our secretary to make sure we know how many to take, where we're going. And then we've got Barb. Yeah. And then we, then Barb's we, our drill sergeant. Yeah. But we work, I, we work very well together. I think it's actually helped our, our relationship too, because you know what? There's something about reaching out to other people that, that compliment yourself because you, you, you not in, uh, and of course, it's it's complimenting given honor to to the person and, and to God as a man of community. So tomorrow or today, after we're done with this broadcast, he received a phone call from someone up near Huntley, and that's almost an hour away. And says, "I have socks for you," and he's going to go get those today, and those will go in storage because by the end of October we start filling stockings. Yeah, the first year we we really. Kind of did it like at the last minute. Well, you can't do that. No, <laughs> and that's what we kind of learned no. with the five zero one C three is you got to you got to constantly work. The the financial part of it, it always seems to work out. Pretty, but it's uh, tight. It's getting tighter it, and tighter because we just now, in the last week, picked up two more facilities, and I'm like almost pulling out my hair, going, "How am I going to do this?" Because he still works full time, and I, and I'm chill. Okay, she's not. No, no. I, I know it's going to get done. I know we're going to have it done. He's cold water. I'm fire. <laughs> and I, I, it's, it really, it really is that Don't way. Don't panic. We're gonna, it's all going to work out. But I, I go into a tizzy because look, we got to get this done. I've got to contact these people. I have to go pick up the bins. I can't but lift the have. bins. Um, I mean, I do. I have to go to all the businesses around here to pick them up because he's working, and but he helps. When the bins are full, he's there with 
he he'll even grab the guys from the veteran center and say, get over here and help us fill these stockings. And, you know, he, he starts dogging them. Come on, come on, get over here. We need some help, you know, but we have had some wonderful youth groups have come in. We've had some scouts have come in. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had people that just saw it on Facebook and said, Hey, can I come fill stockings? And it's just been wonderful to see the people come in and, you know, we sing Christmas carols and we have refreshments for them, but you know what? They don't usually go get the refreshments. They're in there saying, no, we're here to work. Mm-hmm. We, they roll up their sleeves and they say, what can we do for our veterans? And so in July, we will be having Christmas in July at the uh, parking lot at 1150 North fifth Avenue in St. Charles. That's where praise ministries, international churches, that is going to be a collection and fundraiser. We have a jar there for people to put finances in. And we have Christmas in July. We have come take pictures with Santa Claus on vacation. Oh, and we cool. have that. We have a food <laughs> truck. And we just we have we have many of our veterans get up and give a talk about their time in the service. Because this is when people can actually listen to some of their stories. And it's an all all day event. We haven't got the date yet. So check that out on um, be a hero to a hero.com. Get there and check us out. Sign up, become a partner with us. And we have a couple, we have two people that are uh, three people, one, uh, two businesses and one um, citizen that is a partner with us for $10 a month. And we are so thankful for that because that's $120 a year. And that $120 can get us about a hundred, almost a hundred stockings. So you see, if if every little penny helps, if somebody hands Rob a $20 bill, we don't go, oh gee, I wish it was 200. We're just so grateful. You know, he immediately gets it in the bank. And we now have a jar in our home because my son is a contractor and all his business guys come in and he shakes the jar. Empty your pockets, empty your pockets for be a hero to a hero. And all his guys that work with him, they all back us. And it's it's just been wonderful. We have another man that lives in Geneva that does a fundraiser in his backyard garden. He brings in a food truck, um, takes up an offering, and has a big bin. And ha- the only way you can get in to hear the band is that you've got to bring something for Be a Hero. Yeah, it's a block party. It's actually fun. So, so we're blessed. Yeah, we are blessed, and we just invite anyone who watches this broadcast. We invite you to get a hold of us at beaherotoahero.com. Participate with this. 